As more companies are going fully remote in 2022, they require new approaches to shaping company culture. Our guest today is a virtual event design consultant and executive Zoom producer who shares his insights on how CEOs can strengthen employee engagement through virtual events. Join us for episode 206 of Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of success. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's great to join you again for another episode of Growth Igniters Radio. And of course, our purpose, as always, is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas to help visionary leaders accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. You know, Pam, for quite a while, we've been speaking about the future of work and the transforming workplace, and this is a trend that's still evolving. In fact, we're hearing more from C-level executives about their move to take their companies beyond the hybrid work environment and adopt a fully remote working model. Of course, it's in the media. We are reading about it all the time. That's right. At first, remote working was a way to deal with the pandemic, right? But now it's becoming a strategy to attract and retain talent in the big reshuffle. However, like all strategies, not only does it offer advantages, it also creates challenges, especially around shaping a company's culture as it grows. It's likely that uh, those of you listening have participated, for example, in many a Zoom event. Well, that's right. And if you're like us, you've also experienced a lot of bad Zoom events. At the least, they're annoyingly funny. Oh, wait a moment. You're on mute. No, get off of <laughs> no, mute. I, no, I'm not on mute. No, you, yes, you are. You go on mute. <laughs> but at <laughs> worst, they can actually lead to disengaged employees and a loss of critical talent just when you need it. That's why we're speaking today with Robbie Samuels, an author, speaker, and business growth strategy coach who is also a virtual event design consultant and executive Zoom producer. He's also the author of the books, Croissant versus Bagels and Small List, Big Results. Robbie has been recognized as a networking expert by Harvard Business Review, Forbes and Inc. And as an industry expert in the field of digital event design by JDC Events. As a virtual event design consultant, he assists organizations with bringing their events strategically online with less stress and greater participant engagement. Robbie is also a podcast host. Since 2016, he's hosted the On the Schmooze podcast, and since March 2020, a weekly hashtag no more bad Zoom virtual happy hour. You can read much more about Robbie's background by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 206, and scroll down to his bio. Robbie, welcome to Growth Igniters Radio. Thank you so much for having me. 
Yes, and now you're on the other side of the microphone, and uh, we're really glad you could join us. I think this is such such an important conversation. We're hearing more and more, and and we just recently participated in a really horrific Zoom event that was meant to engage people. I mean, it really backfired. The timing couldn't have been better. I mean, we planned for you to join us quite a while ago, and here was this Zoom event, and I thought, oh, they needed to listen to Robbie Yeah, Sanders. well, we left early. So. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk a little bit about this. First of all, before we get into it, tell us a bit about how you came to be an expert on producing virtual events. Well, prior to the pandemic, I'd spent over a decade working to be recognized as a networking expert, which uh, included speaking on the topic, launching a book on the topic, a TEDx, a group coaching program. So yeah, I was in 2020 poised to be an overnight success 10 years in the making. And as of March 2020, it became apparent that all the things I was known for, eye contact, business cards, shaking hands, and body language, that wasn't what people needed. So I really was trying to figure out how to show up and add value. And I wrote on March 12th, 2020, a little article called Nine Ways to Network in a Pandemic and decided to try out one of them which was to host a virtual happy hour. And that's how I came to host my first ever virtual happy hour on March 13th, 2020, something I'm still hosting every week. Now we're about to hit the two year anniversary and it wasn't something I wanted to charge for. I wasn't trying to create a business, but it led to incredible opportunities. It led to me running a certification program for speakers and meeting professionals who want to become more confident and competent using Zoom, online facilitation and virtual event design and to organizations hiring me to help them bring their events online with less stress and greater participant engagement. So it was a lot of continuous learning. Now, from your experience dealing with remote interactions and events, what can you see as the potential impact of companies transitioning to a fully remote workplace? And how could this affect company culture and employing retention? Well, if it's not done thoughtfully, it will lead to silos. Silos exist in person in the office between departments. I've experienced this working in an office, but I think it would be amplified, this concern, if you were all remote. It also can lead to isolation, to people not feeling like they're part of a team effort. And because they're not feeling like they're part of a team effort, it also will lessen their enthusiasm for the business's goals and understanding the business values. So this is why it's imperative that we do find ways to counter this concern and instead really lean into the technology in ways that allow for greater engagement. But I think one of the reasons that people do it is because there are great advantages. The fully remote workplace certainly offers people that flexibility. And I know from experience, my own experiences, that done right, people can engage and can engage well, which is why I think it's going to be more companies going remote. Do you think that's going to happen? Absolutely. And I think that being able to have this life-work integration, which is a little different than work-life balance, is, is what we're all uh, striving for. So having good boundaries around people's schedule, giving them the flexibility to uh, work when it is convenient for them but also having times throughout the week where the team does gather, where people are available, um, where people are at their computer. I think you need a balance of that as well. I see a lot of great potential for 
you know, retaining employees because of the availability of the remote option. And that's exactly what the CEOs are saying to us. You know, it's, we can hire somebody from anywhere. We don't have to worry about the scarcity of talent in one location. And myself, some of my best contacts, my best colleagues are on the other side of the world. So, you know, remote can be a very good thing. So with that in mind, what are some of the most important things or maybe the most important thing that CEOs and C-suite executives should keep in mind about strategically creating virtual events that could strengthen employee engagement and especially in a permanently remote workplace? And this would be like a top line thing and we'll dig deeper after the break. Lead by example. You can't set rules in place and then not be following them yourself. So if phones go away during a virtual meeting because we're all sitting with each other as if we were sitting around a conference room table, if it would be inappropriate to get on your phone during a conference room table conversation, then similarly, let's not do that while we're online. Let's not check email. Let's not check Slack. So I just think leading by example, turning on your camera, engage, be present, participate, look at the camera when presenting so that people feel like you're looking at them. So you can't give other people these rules of the road and then not follow them yourself. You need to be the first to take all these actions and show people through your example what a difference it can make. That is such a great point. You know, when somebody says do this and I don't do it, and that does create problems on Another related topic I, I want to get your take before we go to break about the importance of thinking more strategically about the types of events that we hold on Zoom. You know, some things really lend themselves. Sometimes people don't think about the possibilities as much. I mean, you're such a creative person, one of the reasons we wanted you to join us. So what do you think about that real fast before we go to break? Well, some things don't require a meeting. And I think we, we should also know when an email or a, an IM or text would suffice or when a three minute phone call would suffice. But when we're going to have a meeting, I do love a video platform. It could be Zoom or any other. But the idea of us giving an opportunity for some face to face time, particularly in a remote, fully remote workforce would be, I think, very key. And there's really some fun ones as well. There's ways to do a lot of really fun social engagement, social hour type of activities as well. And that's exactly a great place for us to take a break. And when we come back, we'll dig deeper with virtual event design consultant Robbie Samuels about taking a strategic approach to creating virtual events that strengthen employee engagement. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. We focus on enabling visionary CEOs and C-suite leaders to accelerate momentum for game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. To everyone listening, welcome. We're glad you joined us, whether it's because you're a subscriber or you just found us wherever you pick up your podcasts. But there's a special reason to visit growthignitersradio.com. This is the only way you can access over 200 podcast episodes. And now, as of this month, February 2022, eight years. 
Yes, and it's the only place you can find unique show notes, bios, and resource links that are specifically related to each and every episode. Subscribe today by going to growthignitersradio.com, click on sign up now. And to learn more about us and Business Advancement Incorporated, go to businessadvance.com about us. Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Today, Scott and I are speaking with Robbie Samuels, virtual event design consultant and executive Zoom producer, about designing more effective virtual strategies for strengthening employee engagement in a permanently remote workplace. Robbie, tell us how people can find out more about you, your work, and your books. I appreciate that. Well, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur, and I do a lot of different things, as you mentioned in the intro. You'll find out all about that and my work at RobbieSamuels.com, and I have some resources that I can share uh, later on. We're looking forward to that, so stay with us. And uh, also, you can find out more information and links for this episode by going to GrowthIgnitersRadio.com, episode 206, and scroll down to resources. So... Back to our conversation in the first segment, we were talking about the importance, first of all, of CEOs being exemplars of good Zoom practices uh, or good virtual event practices. And on top of that, and even more importantly, I think being strategic about when to have Zoom events and the types of events that you can hold. And... I want to dig deeper with you on this, Robbie. First of all, let's just be clear. What are the roles of the CEO and C-suite in ensuring a successful outcome for virtual events that are intended to strengthen employee engagement? Well, I think one would be to consistently schedule check-ins at regular intervals so people come to expect that there is going to be an opportunity for a face-to-face video conversation and not just leave these to to chance. And I also would say build in some time for small talk at the beginning or breakout rooms for small group or one-on-one conversation. So even if this is a work meeting, if we were meeting in person, we would have some time before the meeting officially started to chit chat while we're, you know, sipping our coffees and teas. We don't have that built in unless people are thoughtful about it in the virtual space. And we really shouldn't discount the benefits of the quote unquote small talk, which is where we share about our weekends, our family, you know, what we're looking forward to. That really allows people to see commonalities and interests and maybe have even some empathy around what's going on in someone else's life in the case of what's happening in work. And people might say, oh, that's just a waste of time. But just like all small talk, it builds trust. And that is so important, especially when you can't be right there and getting as many signals about what's going on, for sure. Also, one of the things that, like many meetings, CEOs and C-suite executives sometimes will say, I'll just delegate that to somebody. I'll delegate the idea of a meeting. I'll delegate the event to somebody else totally. That's not my concern. And I am a big believer that CEOs and C-suites have a role in the successful outcomes, because I insist that if somebody is going to say, you should be at this meeting, 
that they're part of at least to kick it off. Don't you think? I agree. And I, you know, I do think that everyone should, you know, lean into the skills they have and, and encourage other members of a team to step in. So you might have your marketing department or you might have your COO organize this, depending on what kind of event we're talking about to take the lead on, you know, identifying the speakers, put together the program, figure out the platform, but absolutely having a way for the CEO or a C-suite level person to be there to really kind of give authority to this gathering, to give people, to make people feel like, okay, this is credible, this is important, people are valuing this conversation, whether they you know, lead a conversation or just do the welcome remarks, I think all depends on what you're trying to achieve. I'm really big on purpose-first design. And so whatever you do, whatever exercise you do and who you have speaking and what tools you use should really be about getting to the end result, the outcome that you're all hoping for. Exactly. Now, can you tell us a story of one of the most innovative and impactful virtual events that you've produced or experienced that resulted in a strengthening of culture and engagement? So in fall of 2020, I was contacted by actually a third party. So not by the client themselves, but by their marketing agency. And they said our client had been hosting this in-person weekly event for employee engagement. They would invite a couple hundred people to the headquarters. They had a lot of remote workers pre-pandemic. Uh, it's a healthcare organization, so they had people in the field. And so they would bring them all in and they'd have a sort of cross-section of the organization from all levels, from management down to these frontline workers. But they stopped that in March, right? Because of the pandemic. And here it was more than six months later and they were realizing they had to find a way to get back to it, but they couldn't visualize it. And I will also say that part of the reason I got uh, invited to participate was that in an email, the client was asking through this marketing agency, can you put 10 people into a breakout room for 10 minutes and then later on five people in a breakout room for 10 minutes? And my response was about strategy and outcome and what are you trying to achieve? Because I wouldn't recommend 10 people for 10 minutes, happy to share best practices. And I found out the internal candidate said yes. So just because someone technically knows how to open up rooms or do the technical pushing of buttons, that doesn't mean they're a strategic partner. This event that we reimagined based on what they had done in person, not replicate, but reimagine, was breakout rooms around a question and then an update from an executive VP, a quick update from the CEO, and then another round of breakout rooms where people got to, we had a good question for them to sort of grapple on. And after each breakout room, I facilitated with the EVP a debrief. So we would invite people to be nominated, to share, share an update, share something that they talked about, and then we'd invite them to unmute and share a little bit about their experience. And it, it allowed more voices into the room. People had fun. People had fun in ways they didn't expect to. And some of the challenges of that event was that a lot of people were still in the field, even though it was early in the morning. They, their day started much earlier than that. So they would be on their cell phones. So it doesn't really usually make for a great online experience to have a lot of participants on either calling in or on the mobile app. But we made it work. Um, we taught people to use star six, for instance, to unmute and mute when you're on a on a cell phone so they could more fully participate. And just, you know, I think having me there calms everyone down because if technical issues arise, like my job is to walk people through it. But that was a really good example. And we did that weekly for six more months 
and then they've started to find ways to gather again in person. That's interesting. And you mentioned just sort of offhand too that it it was weekly. So having that contact frequently enough, but not too frequently, and having the purpose made it something I imagine that people look forward to based on what you're talking about, yes? Well, the the um, entire workforce was over 3,000 people. So they were bringing about 100, 150 people a week to the virtual gathering. So, you know, people were not being invited more than once every few months to come in, but it really was to stay connected. It was about the C-suite feeling connected to their workforce during a very difficult and tumultuous time um, where, you know, frontline healthcare workers are dealing with so much, but wanting to give them an opportunity to connect with each other and to hear important updates. So basically every three months we would write a new update (laughs) and the EVPs would rotate who shared it. And then the CEO would come up to say whatever was very critical and relevant for that moment. So that her remarks changed each week, depending on what they wanted to emphasize. But it was another opportunity, for instance, to talk about COVID vaccines and flu shots and the availability of certain resources. So it was a way to get information out and create opportunities for questions as well. So it was relevant. It was interactive. What made it fun, though? Because you mentioned fun. Well, I think that's probably where I come in. I mean, I played a little music as we get started. The kind of questions we get people to talk about in the rooms invites some levity. One of the questions I asked was, who were you named after? Or did your name have a special meaning? Or is there a story about your name? And it turns out one person in the group was uh, named after Dionne Warwick, and she unmuted and started to sing. (laughs) So it's not something that typically happens, you know, if if it's a super stuffy uh, meeting. But we had set a cultural tone by that point that it was fun, but I also had to be the one who knew how to politely interrupt in the middle of that so that it didn't go on too long. Um, So good, strong online facilitation is really key to keep the event going in the right direction. So there is definitely a role for everybody to play. And it sounded like people relaxed, which again, if you're talking about strengthening employee engagement is really important. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about immediately useful ideas for creating high-impact virtual events that can increase employee engagement in the remote workplace. Stay with us. You are listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. We're brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. We're on the web at businessadvance.com, and we focus on enabling visionary leaders to dramatically increase momentum for game-changing results. Pam, our regular listeners know that many leaders are used to moving in new directions to adapt and successfully respond to a world that's changing in so many ways, faster than ever before. But as one CEO recently shared with us, you know, it's one thing to be on top, it's another thing to stay there. That's why I developed my new keynote, How Growth Igniters Lead for Tomorrow, Starting Today. Find out the secret of the successful visionary leaders who are able to keep igniting game-changing growth over and over again. Go to PamHarperSpeaks.com today to find out more about Pam's keynote and her availability to speak at your next leadership conference. 
Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been speaking with Robbie Samuels, virtual event design consultant and executive Zoom producer, about designing more effective virtual strategies for strengthening employee engagement in a permanently remote workplace. Robbie, remind us how people can find out more about you, your work, and your books. Everything is available at robbysamuels.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-E-S-A-M-U-E-L-S.com. And when you go there and check out my books, there are free resources connected to both my books that you can download to be able to take action right away around the strategies discussed in the books. That's fabulous. And uh, you can find out more information and links to this episode by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 206, and scroll down to resources. So this is the part of our podcast where we talk about the immediately useful practical ideas for, in this case, creating high-impact virtual events. We've talked about a number of things, but maybe we can consolidate them right here. First of all, uh, what would be a practical idea for virtually strengthening new hire engagement with existing employees? So, for instance, one of the issues, and this was brought up to us, that in a company that was growing very quickly, all through virtual employees, that it was hard for them to engage with the existing employees. You could easily have clicks, and you talked about the potential for silos. What would be one thing they could do? Well, I would love to see a list of all employees with under each person's picture, three things that they're either have interest in or hobbies in or activities that they do, and then ask the incoming employee to do a little scavenger hunt and have a sort of goal that they will reach out to a certain number of employees each week to schedule coffee chats based on common interests and encourage them to start actually at the top of that so that they can get past any jitters. <laughs> and knowing that the C-suite will be waiting and expecting to hear from you in the next two weeks, sort of set that in motion and have that supervisor of that person really ask about how that part of that uh, onboarding is going. And then after people are onboarded, I think having randomly assigned one-on-one -on -one coffee chats um, is such a great idea. My wife works entirely remotely. And at one point they were doing this through, I believe Slack has a process of assigning two people randomly to meet with each other. So I love that idea of just continuously bumping into each other in the hallway, but remotely. Yeah. And you mentioned also having Slack going along with this, which I think would make a lot of sense. So looking at various digital ways of connecting, but that's a great idea. I love this. That is terrific. And it could work even when you don't have a remote workforce as well. It's a part of networking. Let's have a practical idea for scheduling events, the best timing when employees are working, especially in lots of different time zones. Around the world. Let's make it even more challenging because that's something that's happening a lot more as well. Yeah, that, there is no perfect time of day where every single time zone is going to be awake and alert. If you're mostly focusing on Americas and like Europe um, and parts of Africa, then I would usually aim to start a meeting between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, because that is 
in the morning time between eight and 10 start for Pacific. And that's between five and 7 p.m. for Central European time zone. So it's during waking hours, at least. I know. It's hard, though, because, in fact, I was chairing a committee and we had a person in Australia. We had somebody who was frequently in Europe, as you're talking about. Here we are across America and Canada. And the only time we could come up with was 4 p.m. Eastern. And it wasn't ideal either. So I just, do you ever get into situations where you say maybe sometimes we have to make it easier for certain parts of the world and or rotate rotate it, that kind of thing? I actually am part of a global super connectors community and we do have two different times a month that we meet. One is more favorable to Asia and one is more favorable to Europe. Uh, mm-hmm. That's good. And I imagine that recording events also could help when people just can't make it. This is also where it's great to have very clear agendas that are shared in advance and it's soliciting questions and input in advance, which makes for a better meeting for people who do attend, but also allows people who can't be there live to know what's about to be discussed, to throw in a question that can be shared and then answered, and then they can watch the replay. So that just allows for engagement. These meetings should not be thought of as one-time events, but part of an ongoing conversation. Ah, process and not an event. How about that? And yet there are some things that are real that have to be tended to, especially if it's a a mission critical or urgent kind of situation. But these are some great ideas. Let's talk about a practical, immediately useful idea for balancing this. You know, let's say in the best case, people are engaged and everybody has something they want to say. There's constant chat. There's emojis. There's audience reaction during the meetings. Some people love it. Some people really are distracted or even annoyed or hate it. So if they're using Zoom, and I don't know the exact uh, details for other platforms, but something like this would work. I've had to practice on this and, and find a way through because I've, I've heard that complaint. If you open up chat and then go to the top left corner, you'll see a little down arrow and you can then pop out chat. So you go to chat, you go to look in the top left corner of the window, pop out chat. And once it's popped out, it's now a free floating window. If you take that free floating window and drag it so that it's basically hanging off the bottom of your desktop, so you really can't see the content of it, you will not get alerts every time someone adds a new piece of content to the stream of chatter in chat. If you simply close chat, you will continuously get a little bubble every time, a little pop-up note every time something new gets added. So that would be a sort of workaround. And if you're also focused on the speaker, so hopefully people are using Spotlight, but if someone is not using the Spotlight feature, you can always choose to switch your view and be viewing speaker view, which means you would not see the audience engagement, the the emojis happening. Uh-huh. But there's this fear of missing out, the FOMO. You know, what if I am so busy focused on the speaker that I'm not finding out what else is going on? I mean, it's it's a dilemma. What do you think about having the person who's holding the meeting, who's the owner of the meeting, come up with kind of ground rules, almost like the way you do when you're in person and you say, I'd like you to hold all questions till the end or or whatever. I mean, is that a reasonable request when you're talking about this kind of uh, platform? 
I think that it's something that some people are doing, but most are going to the extreme where they're locking down engagement. And I have a client who wasn't getting a lot of engagement, but they had a small community and they were doing it on a web webinar platform. And they were taking no questions from the crowd because they had pre-assigned all their questions to their their panel. And that's like the before times, 45 minutes of death by PowerPoint followed by ineffectual Q&A and no one moderating chat. And no one loved that to begin with. But nowadays, people are expecting to have access to participants, to have access to the speaker, to be seen, to be recognized. So, Robbie, here we are at the end. Can you leave us with some final thoughts on how CEOs can strengthen employee engagement through virtual events? Well, one, understand the purpose of your event. Are you trying to move people from thinking one thing to thinking another, from doing one thing to doing another, from feeling one thing to feeling another? Like, what is the purpose? And then design the experience with that in mind, which would also indicate how you would want to manage chat. Also know when you need to hire a professional uh, Zoom producer. And I think that there's a difference between having someone help you with strategy and production. Strategy might be helpful for any event over 20 people because you wanna make sure that you're being thoughtful about how you're using that time. But you also may then want to hire someone to manage the technology piece. But at the very least have someone moderating chat instead of being the speaker. So the CEO should never have to be the one looking at the chat, hoping that they can catch a question when it comes by. They should be looking at the camera. And I have a lot of other tips and little tutorials around how to more effectively use online uh, events to have these kinds of engaging conversations. And you'll find them all at robbysamuels.com forward slash videos. There are 33 Zoom tutorial videos and many more on my YouTube channel as well. So thank you very much for being our guest today on Growth Igniters Radio. Such a pleasure. Oh, yes. Thanks, Robbie. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To contact us, get show notes, and all these resource links that Robbie was talking about, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 206. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to discuss with your team. As we think about virtual events with our remote workforce, what is one thing that we can start doing differently or better that can strengthen employee engagement and their commitment to us and our company? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.